Welcome to What's Next, a podcast produced by Parcion Private Wealth. My name is Terry Cook, your host and founder of Parcion Private Wealth. Here at Parcion, we help entrepreneurs, business owners, and their families make the most of the opportunities their hard work affords them, and where appropriate, optimize wealth events to fuel the future. A wealth event can take many forms. Most often, we work with business owners to plan for the sale of their business. Our work, though, spans far beyond advising on wealth events alone. In short, we help our clients plan for what's next. That's including helping to provide financial clarity and confidence in a broad array of financial circumstances. Our approach for each client is to form a customized team of professionals, both within and outside our firm, who bring expertise in areas specific to the business owner's individual situation. One of the great benefits of my work at Parcion is the opportunity to work with and serve truly remarkable entrepreneurs and business people. I created this podcast with the goal of connecting experts with other experts in wealth management and other areas that support entrepreneurs and their families. Today's discussion is really special, not only because I have the pleasure of speaking with two remarkable people, Mark Phelps and Joanna Hawk, but because it's a topic that's very special to me. Research shows that more than two-thirds of business owners who sell regret the decision within a year. And we're not going to get into all the reasons that could cause that. But part of it is simply a loss of purpose, identity, and or community that goes along with selling a business. Today, we explore a remarkable program that addresses the issue of what's next for some business owners. Joanna Hulk is an associate director in charge of program delivery at Stanford Seed, a fantastic program run out of Stanford's Graduate School of Business that pairs volunteer executives with companies and entrepreneurs across Africa and Southeast Asia to help them transform, grow, and make a positive impact in their communities. We're also joined by Mark Phelps, a serial entrepreneur who I've had the pleasure of knowing for several years and is a Stanford Seed coach. Before we get into the details of the Seed program, I want to spend a few minutes talking with you, Mark, about what led you to participate with Seed. Before we dive in, I should share you're a Parcion. You and your family are Parcion clients, and we became acquainted a number of years ago as you were preparing to sell your company. First off, thank you both for being here. And, you know, Mark, I know in our conversations, you talk about what you described as your failed retirement. Tell me about that and um, what you decided to do about it. Sure, Terry. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the opportunity. Basically, I co-founded a company called Innovation Cuisine and sold it twice. Sold it the first time and stayed on for several years. And the second time uh, was a complete exit, which occurred in 2019. Uh, happened fairly abruptly, and I really didn't have a clue as to what I was going to do in life. And it just as you described, my whole identity, my whole life, everything was wrapped up in me as an owner and an entrepreneur running this business. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting in the kitchen uh, with my wife, not having any idea what I was going to do. I was terrible at golf, had no home improvement skills, and uh, was really looking for what's next. And began the journey and uh, was fortunate enough to, through a LinkedIn ad, find the Stanford Seed coaching opportunity. And it really uh, appealed to me because I had been through a similar program at Harvard that didn't offer coaching, but 
was an opportunity for me upon reflection after the fact to realize I could leverage my many years as an entrepreneur, the skills and the experience, and give back to other entrepreneurs in either Africa or India, you know, leverage that experience and, and immerse myself in a totally different culture. I had never been to Africa, never been to India. And so that was very appealing to me and reached out to Joanna, applied to the program, was accepted into the program right before COVID, which started out in a uh, in a remote format through Zoom, but it eventually led to an on-the-ground assignment last year in July where I relocated to Accra, Ghana as a coach and worked there for six months with five different companies. Wow. Can you explain like the types of companies that you worked with? Sure. Well, my background was in food and was a little nervous that uh, my skills wouldn't be transferable, but hope for the best. And I was given the assignment to work with a, uh, a hospital group in Nigeria, also a, an oil and gas CEO in, in Nigeria, and then in Senegal with a tech company and a civil engineering firm, and then a, a hotel in Accra, Ghana. So five different companies, three different parts of the world. None of the experience really related to what I did, but I was amazed at uh, how much I acquired and was able to give back to these CEOs in the course of six months. I love that. And you sell your company for the second time and transition on to your what's next and determine what's next. And we all love to do things we're good at. You know, it feels good to flex that muscle and that, where you've got that confidence. It always, you brought up golf. It always makes me laugh because so many people decide to retire and I'm a 20 handicap. I don't pretend to know. We've never played golf before, but it's one of those humbling things that people retire and decide to do something they're not very good at every day <laughs> and then wonder why they're frustrated, right? And here, and I do know how good you are at uh, growing and operating a business. And so I can only imagine the benefits to those that you you worked with. Joanna, I'm going to turn it over to you. I'd love to hear, why don't you explain to the audience, tell us more about the program and, and what it aims to do. Wonderful. Thank you, Terry. The Stanford Seed Coaching Program is a part of a portfolio of programs designed to work with entrepreneurs in emerging markets to help them grow and scale their business to transform lives. So all of our entrepreneurs come into the Seed Transformation Program, which is a one-year online and in-person curriculum-based program. And then after that, they have the opportunity to work with folks like Mark through the Seed Coaching Program or through a variety of other programs that we work with. But the goal of the coaching program is to really help support and empower leaders after completing the Seed Transformation Program with implementing their transformation plan. And so they've all put together these very ambitious plans and goals that kind of align their firm back to Seed's mission. And coaches are critical players in helping our leaders figure out how to actually implement that and make that happen at their firm. That's fantastic. And and how many countries are involved and what areas? Yes. So C currently has four regions that we operate out of. Within those four regions, we have about 30 different countries represented. So as Mark mentioned, he was based in Accra, Ghana, which is our West Africa region, but actually coached clients across three different countries. So we have 
three regions in sub-Saharan Africa. And then we also have uh, South Asia as well as our fourth region. Curious, how are these regions chosen or what made the program focus on the particular regions? Ah, excellent question. So back when Seed was founded uh, more than 10 years ago, our founders were really passionate about having an impact on global poverty. And so our mission and our work was to really work in regions of the world that had higher levels of poverty than, you know, definitely, you know, what we would experience in, in the more developed world. So from there, we kind of looked at regions that we thought had a lot of potential and could really benefit from some more support in the in the private sector, which we know is essential for creating good jobs and services. And then from there, we kind of looked at, you know, as an organization, where did we have some good ties and some good partners? So we started in West Africa in 2013. And then from there, moved to East Africa, South Asia, and Southern Africa. So those are the four regions where we where we work right now. Who knows? We'll see, see what comes in the future. Got it. And so as you've been doing this and growing the program, presumably, have you seen, are there tangible results that you can point to, to kind of show the, that you're moving the dial, so to speak, in these regions? Yeah, Terry, that's wonderful. I, if, if I had the time, I could probably speak for a long time about this. But Seed, we do have a pretty robust impact measurement component to our program. So just at a very high level, a few things that I can tell you is that we know today that the firms that have gone through the program have created over 26,000 direct jobs since participating in the program. And then from there, we estimate it's about 675,000, close to 700,000 indirect jobs. So oftentimes when you create one job, there's kind of a ripple effect where more jobs are created. So we know that that's an impact that we've had. And we know that our firms have raised more than a billion dollars in capital since participating in the SEED program as well. So that's another way that we can measure impacts. So that's just a few, few examples. And we generally have, I think, about a 20% job growth rate with firms after participating in the program as well. That's amazing. And it's really, really helpful that you can point to statistics like that and, and actual growth rate and the easy analogy, and it's almost oversimplifying, is the uh, teach a person to fish as opposed to give them a fish. I mean, this is the ultimate kind of multiplier on that. So really, really amazing. So Mark, back to you. You mentioned that you also were exploring like a similar program with Harvard. And as your process of discovery on what was next for you, can you talk a little bit more about motivations for joining the the, the Stanford program? Well, yes, Terry. So I, I, I guess... The motivations for me was how I could actually help with execution. You know, there's many educational programs out there that, that do a wonderful job teaching. The process kind of stops there. What was amazing to me about Stanford was just their, their transformation network and all the services that they bundled from consultants to MBAs to coaches just to continue to support during the journey of these companies as they grow. You know, you usually go through a program and you're done and you're kind of left on your own. And so I was, I felt even though I had, didn't go to Stanford and I never went through the program, but in a way I was kind of an ambassador for Stanford and for the STP program and was helping 
them with their learning and continuing to apply that learning to real life examples. I remember working with a Lilly Hospital as a hospital group, and uh, they had a mission statement, and that was part of the program, and it was okay. It was very numbers driven. And, you know, in my experience, not a lot of people can relate to that and had a chance to work with about 20 of their off uh, at an offsite meeting with 20 of their executives. And we worked on refining the mission statement. And I remember we got pretty close the end of the the second day and they were going to close it up and move on. And entrepreneurs usually just, this is good enough and we'll move forward. And I remember challenging the CEO and we went back into the room and we came up with a great mission that everybody, every stakeholder in the company could relate to. And it's talking to Austin, the CEO there. Uh, it's really helped make a big change. Just something as simple as a, as a statement that their people could relate to and understand and realize what they're doing every day, what they stand for and how they're going to differentiate themselves from the competition moving forward. So it's the true blending the education with the actual implementation was a very much a rewarding part of this whole program. You're embedded, not to make another golf analogy, but it's like going out and not just getting a lesson by the pro, but going out and playing with the pro. And as you're coming up to different shots or different challenges, having somebody right there who's been there, right? What surprised you, Mark, going into this? You'd done some of the coaching during COVID, right, on Zoom, but then actually going and visiting along with these entrepreneurs and anything surprise you as you were going on this journey? Just about everything, Terry. I mean, <laughs> uh, I had never been to Africa before, just coming to a whole new country, different customs, different culture. What surprised me is how highly intelligent these people are, how many degrees, how smart they are. I, I, a lot of times I, I felt that they were smarter than I was, yet there was this humbleness, this humility that they're willing to learn and accept when you help them ask the difficult questions, think a little differently and, and step outside the box and try to improve. And the level of gratitude they had as well, too. I have made some of the best friends and continue to stay in touch and how welcoming I felt. I mean, again, it's very different than the U.S. The U.S. sometimes I think is very entitled folks in Africa are just just so grateful and accepting and and willing uh, to work with you and listen to your ideas and and try different things and the acceptance of me and and the ideas and and the program mm -hmm. one of the things that struck me as I've been talking to you about your experience and I've seen this in other kind of mentorship relationships you go there realizing that you can really help somebody uh, or a group of people and maybe underestimating the impact it's going to have on you. And I think you just spoke to that, but any more impressions on kind of what you've walked away with and how, how you've gained from this? Well, I've learned a lot and I'm a different person today than before I went to Africa. I mean, I, I just think that I'm in awe of the experience, the people, the environment, and and I've learned a lot. I mean, just uh, how to navigate the country, get around, uh, work with others and different customs and cultures and religions and food and 
everything is so different. And uh, I feel that I have this new level of curiosity that I've never had before. Again, I think that you don't know what you don't know. And going into that experience has really broadened my perspective to ask more, to learn more. And I think it's really just a very rich experience. I, I, I can't describe it. I can't put it in words. Well, you've done it. You're doing a good job at that. And you're about to go on another quote unquote assignment, right? Can you talk about that and what you're going to be doing? Joanna probably has more information than, than I do on that. I don't want to put her on the spot, but I, I, I have expressed my interest to, to spend a year in Africa for 2024. So it'll either be uh, Kenya or it'll be West Africa, hopefully. But I would be departing in uh, January and spending an uh, entire calendar year doing the same thing, probably working, uh, if the new program is what it's been described as, probably working with eight companies instead of five, and for a period of 12 months instead of six. So the idea of having a little bit more time, I mean, six months just flew by, Terry. It was just not enough time. And I think just to be able to have a year would really make the program much better and, and be involved in other aspects of the, the Stanford curriculum as well, from recruiting new companies to going through their transformation plan presentations, uh, et cetera. So just being able to make that much more impact yeah. there. This is fantastic. So Joanna, why don't you talk a little bit more? Love to hear our audience would love to hear kind of what, the program is looking for in terms of background, credentials, experience, and so on? Yeah, wonderful. At a very high level, what we're looking for is we are looking for business leaders who have been through the challenges that the leaders in our program have faced before. Most of our seed coaches, like Mark, are individuals who have either be, been an entrepreneur or led an organization at the seed level that is of a seed size or larger or greater and really helped that organization grow and transform. Since that's the challenge that we're presenting to all of the business leaders in our program, we really want to find seed coaches that have walked that and have really had that experience as a leader and as a, as a business operator. So that's probably the first thing. I would say our coaches, we accept applications from a variety of folks with different levels of experience. Most of our coaches, I think on average, have about 35 years of professional experience. So really a wide array of different professional opportunities, different industries that they've worked in, et cetera. I think something that can be really nice is people who have experience both as an entrepreneur, but also sometimes the entrepreneur role. If they've been at a larger organization and helped, you know, a department grow or scale, they can really understand what does it look like to be a small organization and what does it look like to be a bigger organization and how do you get one to the other? We don't have a requirement that you have to be Stanford affiliated. So I think sometimes that can be a misperception. So Stanford affiliated and non-Stanford affiliated people are all welcome to apply. And we're also really looking for people with exceptional soft skills and relationship management skills. As Mark can probably tell you, all of the leaders have unique and different challenges 
all with different personalities, with different team dynamics in different countries, operating in different cultures. So it's really important that the coaches be very adept at navigating a variety of different kind of social and people situations. And so I would say that that's something that also is very, very important. So those are just a few of the things that we we look for with this program. That's helpful. And so maybe describe and Mark, feel free to, to add to this and jump in there. Describe what somebody can expect from where they live and living conditions and how long that they'll kind of be embedded in with these other entrepreneurs and these where they travel. And then some of the other mechanics around like, is there a stipend and find any type of financial support just to kind of paint a picture? Joanna, you can start with that on like what types of places do would a coach live and and then Mark can chime in with his experience there. Wonderful. Well, it'll be great to get Mark's um, insights with this. So yeah, so in terms of kind of basic day-to-day routine and living, our coaches, for anyone that is not from the region, we do provide them with housing and that varies a bit from region to region. But I would say most coaches live in probably like a two-bedroom apartment. And I think everyone has reported back that they feel as though it's, you know, very, very modern, very comfortable accommodations. We do provide the housing. And then we do provide a very modest stipend to cover day-to-day expenses. It's definitely not a replacement for a salary, but kind of helps to offset any of the additional costs that might come up with the program. And then SEED, you know, again, as Mark mentioned, working in three different countries, travel is a part of the program. And so SEED does pick up all those travel-related costs. So if you're flying to Nigeria and you're staying in a hotel, you know, SEED, we help facilitate facilitate that experience as well. I think most of our coaches probably use the equivalent of Uber or Lyft in their country to get around on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, we do provide some other assistance with the visas and the residence permits and all of that fun logistical stuff as well. So I don't know, Mark, what, what types of things would you would you want to add? Yeah. So thank you, Joanne. I mean, basically, uh, I mean, it's a volunteer position. So, you you know, you don't get paid, it, but all the accommodations are taken care of. I mean, a great place to stay. I was traveled probably 50, 60 percent of the time. And, you know, as Joanna mentioned, help with different country visas and interviews. And there could be some thought about security. I mean, security was never in question. You know, you're not allowed to drive a car. There's foreign medical insurance. Stanford is, you almost felt like you were one of their assets, you know, very protected and and really cared for. And so I felt in all my times, uh, no threats at all and felt taken care of and all the accommodations were wonderful and and great and no, no issues whatsoever. It was very easy to move around and everything was taken care of from an expense standpoint. So, and Mark, you were traveling a lot while you were there, um, had, you know, the five companies in which to, that you were coaching, were you able to take advantage of where you were as far as sightseeing and tourism? I mean, uh, obviously you're seeing the countries in a way that others just don't. And so that's, that's pretty special, but were you also able to ha- have some time to get out and be a tourist? Not as much as I'd like to be honest with you. I mean, I've always been guilty of being an overachiever. So I, it was my first tour and, and I really immersed myself in, in the work and certainly got a lot to see in the travels. I 
did get a chance to see Gori, uh, uh, where the, the slaves were, and, and Senegal. And certainly my next tour back, I will pl- have some more planned time. Susan, my wife, did not come over. Had she had come over, uh, I would have certainly carved out more time to have her spend some time with me. And she's planning on joining me in this, this next tour. So there's definitely the opportunity to do that. I mean, you're not overwhelmed. It's just, it's kind of your choice. And, uh, and Africa can, uh, you know, West Africa can be, can be challenging to get around. The logistics of being a vehicle and going six kilometers sometimes can take a, a couple hours or an hour and a half or so. So there is some downtime that you got to deal with. And, and these are the part of the learning of, of going to a different country. You know, the infrastructure, you don't have the highways and, and things don't move as quickly as they do in the U.S. at times. And so you just have to be patient. And, and this is one skill that really uh, was enhanced in my experiences. My wife has told me that my patience has improved dramatically uh, <laughs> since being in Africa. Another benefit for the program. You should put that on your brochure, Joanna. No, it's a good one. I'll have to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mark, you shared the story of helping with the writing of the mission statement, which honestly is something that most companies in the U.S. either don't do or don't do well. And so that was this can be very impactful. Not to put you on the spot, but is there another kind of story or anecdote about one of the uh, a situation you're in and how you help them resolve or work through a challenge? Yeah, I mean, uh, there there's all different uh, challenges. The other one, another one is uh, James, who's the CEO of an oil and gas company. I mean, he had predominantly been a consulting type firm. And right after he finished the program, he took over operations for a, a gas plant in Benin, Nigeria. So working with him, helping to transform the excellent culture that he put together at his much smaller firm into a much larger organization, how to create standards and measurements and communication and and people in this mega gas plant that he was now overseeing and managing that had failed before. He had a a four-year lease on this and had the opportunity to turn it around and get into the operation side of the business as opposed to just the consulting side of the business. So definitely different challenges, you know, everything from marketing, websites, uh, raising capital, human resources is a big, big issue. I mean, the flight, talent flight is there. I mean, uh, people are get educated, get skills, and they end up, uh, young people move to the UK or the US to get paid 10 times what they would get paid in their host country. And so creating the right communication and, and the right systems around attracting and retaining great people is another challenge. But uh, there's certainly lots that can be done. And it's you typically try to get in in the beginning of the process and identify the two or three major things that you want to try to accomplish. It's going to move the needle the most for the company. And that's typically already been pretty much identified in the transformation plan and working on the execution of that or how you're going to make that, bring that to life. And do you have, and both of you can speak to this, but when you're there, what kinds of communication and resources back to the program did you have, Mark? And what's the cadence around that? Very hands-off. 
I mean, I was quite surprised, pleasantly surprised. As an entrepreneur, I have a problem with authority. <laughs> and so there was, you know, no meddling by Palo Alto and even the local group, you know, maybe check in once a year, twice a year, a few simple objectives, but you're pretty much on your own to roll up the sleeves and work directly with the leader and their team, move it forward. And it was a great experience. I don't know what else to say, Joanna, maybe you have a different perspective. That's, that's my take on it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, that's very true. I think with the seed program, the seed transformation program, which we've referenced, is very structured and fantastic program. It really builds a very strong sense of a cohort amongst the leaders and gives them all wonderful foundation. And so with the coaching program, you know, actually we've kind of every few years, we're like, should we engineer this more and like do more things to really, really structure it? And generally the feedback from leaders and coaches is like, no, like this is like perfect the way it is because the coaches, they come in and they're able to work with each, each leader in a very customized way. Of course, you know, we have a community of coaches and they oftentimes use each other for, for ideas or, or resources. If they want to come back and ask, hey, can we see these materials from such and such program, we can, but really the value of the coaches is their real world and real life experience. Our entrepreneurs, you know, are so busy and have so much on their plate that we just want to enable them to be able to work together in the most efficient and effective way possible. So, so yeah, so there's a lot of autonomy. It's good to know, Mark, um, <laughs> you know, being an entrepreneur challenges with authority. I think a lot of people could, could relate to that, but there is a lot of like autonomy within the program and the role. And yeah, seed, we do kind of check in and monitor things. And we have a few opportunities that come up that with some other programs that we run within the coaching program. But for the most part, there's there's a lot of autonomy to it. Makes sense. Makes sense when you're you've got and every entrepreneur in the program, I would imagine, has their own superpower. And that's where you want them leaning into and transferring. Yeah, one more thing, Terry. I mean, the joiner touched on a good point. I mean, we all bring our own strengths and weaknesses, and and I've certainly leveraged uh, if it's an area that somebody else is very good at. I've leveraged another coach's experience to help in that area. It, not only the materials, but also their their experience as well. And so, it get, brings you closer to the other coaches as well, and it, it's kind of a, a camaraderie that you create along the way. Yeah, there's that level of of support and resources. So, Joanna, you must have again, not to put you on the spot, but you must have also some stories of success stories out there of the program. Anything that kind of comes to mind that is an example of a particular entrepreneur really benefiting or a coach really benefiting beyond these great stories we've heard from Mark? Yeah, fantastic question. Well, I'm sure there's many, many stories that I could tell. One that just kind of immediately came to mind is this is actually back when the program was in the early days and we were getting it up and running. We had a technology company based out of Ghana that was doing quite well. They were in the fintech space, had a great product, were really meeting customers' needs with it. They were started to work with a seed coach who had experience being a CEO of, of several different firms before, and they knew that they wanted to expand into new markets. And, and you know, at Seed, we're always pushing people to think bigger and, and, and beyond their kind of current position, which was fantastic. So they had all these plans to open in, in new countries um, across Africa. And the coach came in 
and had had experience entering new markets before and could really see that this product was a great fit, but um, knew that also entering into new markets can be very challenging. It can be hard financially and really add some kind of complexity to cash flows. So he was able to work with them and really have them think actually about, okay, what does it mean to operationally expand? And where can we get the most profit or the most revenue early on? And how can we think about this the most strategically? And so in some ways, they actually pulled back for a short period of time and refined their strategy, then went forward about their expansion strategy in a way that supported the finances of the firm and didn't put them in a really kind of tight spot. And so I'm really happy today this firm has expanded and they're in several countries across Africa. They're doing quite well and are, you know, a success from Seed's perspective. And then this coach, he served on the on the board, was the chairman of the board for a while, even though he he left Ghana many years ago, has made several trips back to the country since then. And so I think, you know, it just shows like the really robust nature of the relationship. Not we don't require like not not every coach has to make a five year commitment to their firms by no means. But I think that's just a testament to how special these relationships are between the coaches and the firm and how much benefit there is on both sides that they continue to engage with each other after the program has formally ended. So that's just one example. I'm sure I could could tell you many more. That's a great example of a situation. And then again, as we started to talk on the onset about finding your purpose and community, right? It's so natural. So Joanna, I'm sure you're looking for more Mark Phelps's out there. How, if somebody hears this and they're interested in learning more, how do they do that? And what would you recommend? Yeah. So there's a few things. If you go to seed.stanford.edu, so that's S eed.stanford.edu, we have a whole section about how you can get involved. And so I would recommend checking out our website there. We also do information calls every few weeks or month or so where we go into a lot more detail about the coaching program. And we also have another program called the Seed Consulting Program, and that's a fully virtual, very flexible program. So you can learn more about those programs there. And we have our application. So if you're listening to this and you say, oh my gosh, I have to join Mark right away, you can fill out your application and submit it online there as well. The other thing I would say is you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A, last name Hulk, H-A-L-K, and send me a note on LinkedIn and I'm happy to kind of connect and start a conversation there as well. And I will put just a special plug on our website. I really think Our entrepreneurs' stories are amazing and so inspiring, and our marketing team has fantastic videos uh, about our entrepreneurs speaking about their leadership journey and their experience in the program. So I definitely recommend checking that out and getting to know our entrepreneurs a little bit better through that. And we also have a podcast called called Grit and Growth, where you can hear from our entrepreneurs directly as well. So those are a few ways I'd recommend to learn more. That's perfect. And one more time on the name of the podcast? It's called Grit and Growth. Grit and growth. Great. Love it. Yeah. And you can find it on all podcast platforms. Well, thank you for that. Really great stuff. Two other real quick questions. You know, I usually ask all my guests the same question at the beginning of our conversation, but I thought it would make more sense at the end, knowing what our conversation today would include. So my question is this, 
for both of you. If you could go back and give your 20-year-old self a piece of advice as you began your professional career, what would you share? And let's see, let's start with Joanna this time. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. 20-year-old self. I think just being open to as many opportunities as possible. You know, I kind of ended up at seed by accident, to be honest. I think my 20-year-old self would be surprised that I am working now for a business school. I was previously always very passionate about social impact and education and kind of ended up here a little bit by accident. And so I would say being open to new opportunities, seeing where they're going to take you, and uh, maybe not box yourself in so much. I think since being at the Stanford Graduate School of Business, there's a wonderful entrepreneurial spirit here. And early in my career, I would have said, oh, I don't think that's me. I don't think that's my type of personality or energy. But really, there are all sorts of skills that you can learn and all sorts of industries and professions need people kind of with different personalities and backgrounds to approach them. So I think that would be be my advice is just to be be really open and, and to take risks. I love it. It's hard to imagine areas that you could make more of a social impact globally than than what you're doing through the SEED program. So thank you for that. So what about you, Mark? Any uh, advice for your 20-year-old self? I'd say in reflection, I was very focused on the destination, on achieving the results. And the advice that I would give to my younger version or somebody younger is don't forget to enjoy the journey. It's all about the journey and smelling the roses and and having fun. And don't forget to spend the time and effort with those people that you really care about, your loved ones and friends. That's what I would say. So enjoy the journey and have fun. And you do say, because you have you have two kids that are 20-year versions of yourself. So Yeah, four. Four, four that's right. That's right. So you get to pass that along in, in real-world examples. We're getting to the end of our time here. I really appreciate both of you joining me. Uh, I do have one more question for each of you. At Parcion, we never lose sight of what we're here to do for the families that we support. And with wealth management, the long-term goal is simply to support their goals and dreams. One of the most common goals after, say, a sale of a company, for example, is to travel more and to travel better. So a fun closing question is one we ask everybody, describe to me, and, and I've asked Mark this before, but describe to me your dream vacation. So Mark, has your dream vacation changed at all since this experience? It has not changed. It's been delayed. So my dream vacation with Susan and Terry, you know about this, is to get on a a plane with 46 other people and go around the world. And because of COVID, after I sold the business, we were supposed to do that. It's been delayed a couple of times, but we will be leaving on September 8th to go to seven countries in 24 days with 46 other people that we don't know, but we will know very well at the end of that trip. That's amazing. That's a lot of people's dream vacation, I would imagine. Very cool. So Joanna, what about you? What's your dream vacation? Well, I love to cook. And so I think my dream vacation combines visiting a place with 
a beach <laughs> um, and also being able to take cooking classes throughout the day. So I always try to learn how to cook something. I was in South Africa with Seed a few months ago and we did a cooking class that was so fun. And I've done a few other cooking classes in Greece and other places. And so I would say great company, beach cooking classes would be my dream vacation. I love it. I love it. And I love asking that question because I get to build my list of all these things. And yeah, I better get busy. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for the time today, Mark and Joanna. Really great stuff. And, and I hope this does lead lots of other Mark Phelpses out there to find the SEED program and, and see how it might impact their lives. And for all of you out there to keep up with new episodes of What's Next, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google. You can also stream the episodes directly from our website at parcionpw.com. That's P-A-R-C-I-O-N-P-W.com. Thank you both. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Joanna. I really appreciate you being here. Oh, of course. It's very fun. So any chance I have to connect more with you, Mark, I always take advantage of it. Thank you. Parcion Private Wealth LLC is registered with the SEC as an investment advisor. All opinions expressed in today's episode are Terry's and his guests alone. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be considered investment, legal, tax, financial, or other advice. This show is solely for entertainment and informational purposes only. All topics addressed are of a general nature and do not address the circumstances of any particular individual.